Thank you, band. Just want to say thank you to each and every one who served this week. Uh, we had a we had a big funeral on um, Friday in the church. It's one of our members. He's a brigadier geweest. We had over 450 people in this house on Friday. So everyone who helped, everyone who served, everyone who came out, thank you so much for that. And then welcome to all the new volunteers in the church. We had training recently in the, in the last week and a half or so. Uh, we trained the whole church board, their wives, and then we added onto the Blast Kids Ministry. Jock is there in the back, and they already slotted in this morning. And I saw on their group on WhatsApp just now, someone lost the kidney through the aerobics, and I don't know what happened, but it sounds like fun. So I think you'd you did good. So can we just give a round of applause to all the, all the volunteers? I mean, you guys serve well. I know it's, it's awesome. I know we, we oftentimes take it for granted, but for instance, like Carl, when he's not here, I miss him, you know, when he's not there in the back, greeting, smiling, just at times giving me a shop, then I know everything is fine. We miss you guys, and it's from the top to the bottom. Thank you for serving in the house. So with that said, Remember the four faults, please don't forget, and then the coffee cafe is open afterwards as well. We have a different type of service this morning. It's We're taking a pause or a break, if you will, from the book of James. We're not finished with the series yet. There's still some two or week, three weeks left in it. Good weeks. Trust me, the best is yet to come when it comes to the series of book of, of James. But today we pause to just take a moment and talk about the whole baptism moment and why we be or why we get baptized. Why do we go through the water of baptism? Now a lot of people don't know this, and maybe you've you've one of those and nothing to be ashamed of. But this church actually has a baptism pool right here in the corner. This is a baptism pool. And now I know when we were young, we were like, yeah, kerk me the swim butt. You know, it's like lacquer. And then we always had this dream to fill it up in the week with foam and have a party in the church. And, you know, there's, there's a stigma re regarding baptism in churches. And also when you walk into certain churches, you, you almost go like, what the heck, a swimming pool in a church? This is weird. I want to communicate today just some facts. I want to bring you into the Word of God and just leave some facts on the table to teach you and guide you regarding the baptism and why we do it. So who in the house ever did study the Word of God when it came to the baptism? All right, so I'm not talking about just knowing the great commission of going out, making disciples, and then God says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm, not, I'm talking past that that whole verse. You see, because there's depth behind the baptism. A lot of people go like, I'm like, no, it's not just about the water. So this one pastor at one stage asked this very question in his church, and a lot of people gave a lot of answers. And after that service, the one mother decided she wants to send a young kid, a young daughter to some classes where they teach people regarding the baptism. So she sends this little daughter of her, she goes to the classes and the seminars or the series, and they teach her about baptism. Now, remember, she's young. So she gets in the car one night after one of those sessions, and the mom says, do you know what the baptism is about? Do you get it now? Do you understand? And then this little kid goes like, yeah, it's not the water that cleans. So the mom goes like, yeah, well, that's deep. 
Jy weet, dit is diep soos die water in die doobad. It's deep. It's not the water that cleans. Her heart understands. And when the mom in that moment goes like, yeah, she adds, she's like, it's the soap that cleans. And then she goes like, yeah, three more classes, man. It's what it's going to take. The whole moral of the story is that we oftentimes, we understand, yet we do not understand. And then certain times, especially in church, there's moments where it's simple and we complicate it. You see, it's not the water in this day that cleanses. It's not the water that cleans people. But I want to take you into the behind the scenes of the baptism. So in this day, we're going to read Matthew 3. And I'm going to take it step by step. You see, a lot of people will say, well, baptism is about salvation and forgiveness. And they might go into the whole thing of being clothed with the Spirit of God. And, and it's almost too complicated to comprehend as normal people. See, today Matthew 3 has a, a simple story almost regarding the baptism. You see, who, who in this church have heard about John the Baptist? Yeah? See, he's not just John. He's not John of Galilee. He's John the Baptist. And there's something we need to realize when we look at John the Baptist. You and I can relate with John the Baptist in this very day because John the Baptist was created and actually sent to this earth. And you might disagree with me, but you've got to get this in this day. He was sent and created and called to be John the Baptist. You see, he baptized people. John the Baptist was not John the guy who worked in a bar or John who cleaned the camels or John someone else. He's John the Baptist for a great and and true reason. And I want you to understand this when it comes to you as well. A lot of people say, but where's my value? Where's my identity? I don't know why I'm even alive. I don't want to live anymore. People reach a moment in their lives where they almost give up on themselves. But you've got to get this. John might have had those very thoughts before he was known as John the Baptist. He was seen to be John the Baptist. He was created and formed in the likeness of God for specific calling and reason. And he, until this day, is known as John the Baptist. Why? He baptized people. Now, his whole sermon, John the Baptist, while standing by the river Jordan, was to preach the word of God, but it was a specific word. You see, back in the day, a lot of those people felt that I'm a rabbi. Oh, I'm so well known. Oh, I have all the knowledge. Oh, I've equipped in knowledge. You know, they almost placed themselves in a place of not being teachable. But John the Baptist showed up, and he did not just only baptize people. But he preached the word of God, and all he preached in that day was against the law of the Jews. Now you go like, well, that's weird. He literally said, it's not just through the high priest who goes into the temple and such offerings are made in the presence of God. But it's a moment where you as individuals need to realize that you are sinful. He basically shouted out next to that river before any baptism that you all need to know you are full of sin. Even if you're a rabbi, a tax collector, or you have some status in our community, you are sinful people. And then he went over and said, guess what? There's a hell. Now that's a hardcore sermon just before one of the baptism services. But he went into that. Why? He was called to be that guy, John the Baptist. 
Now let me take you to the word of God in Isaiah 40 verse 3. It says, a voice of one calling in the desert. So there's a man that will shout out and declare a message. And the message is, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. There's a prophecy before the life of John the Baptist that proclaims that there will become and come a man and he will prepare the way for the Savior. Here comes John the Baptist, created with identity and value, with calling over his life, no matter how he felt as a teenager or a child or just normal human being at times, he had value and calling over his life. And prophecies were spoken about this man that will come like a, a voice calling in the desert, proclaiming that the Savior is on his way. And here enters John the Baptist. You see, the Word of God is clear and directed and not filled with chaos, but God's got intention with every creation, every bit thereof, every individual, every heart beating. You have value and calling. And it starts with a voice that called out one day. It said, let's create them in our image. That is you and me. You see, that was John the Baptist. But let me take you then to his message in Matthew 3, verse 5 to 10. You see, he called out, all ye sinners. It's basically what he said. It's basically what he preached next to the river. And then we pick up the story in that moment. People went out, from, uh, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So people came from everywhere, all types of people, all religions, all belief systems. The, the people without value, those beggars, everyone came out because it's John the Baptist. Confessing their sins. Now here's the thing. This is, should be highlighted. They confessed their sins because the sermon that John the Baptist preached was a sermon of, you've, you've got to hear this people. You are sinful and there's a Savior coming. You see, he's preparing the way for Christ. That was all he preached. He said that there will come a day of judgment, and that's all he preached. So you need to confess and repent and be uh, washed from your sins. That was the message from John the Baptist. So people came confessing their sins, and then they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee, and then he says, from the coming of the wrath. He's basically mocking them in a sense. He's like, you hypocrites standing here. You did not come to repent. You did not come because your heart changed. You did not come from fear of the Lord and the Christ that will come soon. You did not come for that reason. You come in a selfish heart and manner, and you are like a brood of vipers. You just want to criticize the moment. And then he says, but there is a judgment coming. And then he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He, he motivates them and says, you better repent. And do not think you can say to yourselves, oh, we have Abraham as our father. He says that certain laws and belief systems of, of that day is not enough. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for, for Abraham. And then he says this, the axe is already at the root of the tree. 
He's preaching that the day of judgment is around the corner. You meeting with Christ is one heartbeat away maybe. The axe is sharpened and it's by the root of the tree. And God is ready to cut the tree down if it does not bear fruit. He's getting in their faces. He's saying, dude, you're so full of sin. And yet you stay uh, like you're still a hypocrite in the moment. But you've got to repent. And those who accepted that, pre- that sermon, that, that preaching in that day, those whose hearts were changed through the Spirit of God, accepted, repented, confessed their sins, and they followed then through the baptism. You see, there's two things you need to know about the baptism. It starts in your heart. Baptism starts in the mind and the heart, soul of each and every individual. That's where it begins. It's a place where you realize that I need to sort out my life and God is knocking on the door of my heart and it's time that I open the door for Christ. I need to accept my King as the Savior. You might know this moment. It's a day where you went and you went like, Jesus, enter my life. I give it unto you. I lay it down. I give you my all. And some of you were like I was maybe and I just cried for three days straight. Just poured from my spirit. The whole repentance, the feeling sorry about my life, the whole sinful experience of who I was just poured from my heart. And I just almost broke down in the presence of God. And then thankfulness and gratefulness filled the moment. And I was so grateful, God, that you touched my heart and I accepted him as my savior. See, it was in my mind. It was in my thoughts. And then it entered my heart and spirit. And it stirred on the inside. And I could feel the love of Christ and the mercy of Christ moving in me. And then I could not contain it. See, that's one part. But then I had the desire to show everyone that I, I decided to follow Jesus. And I woke up this morning with that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> you know? I went back to being a kid in this church. I was there. And this morning I went like, Lord, thank you for that day. Because it changed my whole life. It changed my whole being that day. But then one day I remember I sat there. My grandfather was preaching. The spirit is moving. It was warm. Everyone is sweaty in church. But God is on the throne. And it was a pungster kerk. You know, it was back in the day. You know, it's like insane. And suddenly I started crying. And they had baptism service that day. And in my heart, when dawn, I just felt it. And I remember my granddad say this. He's like, anyone who wants to be baptized and you feel led by the Spirit, come forward. Before I knew it, I was in the front, in the back. 16th of June. We in the room. And the Spirit's moving. I'm crying, but I'm getting baptized. Why? Because the decision of my heart flowed to a reaction that was physical physically i wanted to show people that i've made a decision in my life and i want to show it and i just uh, not just want to show it but i want to do it in obedience to the word of god and i was baptized yes i made mistakes afterwards a lot of people think now you're going to grow wings no you will still have horns at times you will get angry at times 
You will still be frustrated. But here's the difference. After the baptism, you do not react like previously. You will most probably go into a moment of prayer and frustration, but in the presence of God. Where God was excluded, suddenly God is included even in your anger and frustration. Lord, I'm so angry. But it's in the presence of our Savior. See, everything changes after the baptism. See, along came Jesus in the moment of John the Baptist. He's baptizing the people. He's, he's preaching out. And here John looks up and Jesus is standing on the, the hill of this river bend. And guess what? Jesus is like, hey, John, one favor. Can you baptize me? And John responds and he goes like, but wait, aren't you Jesus? You Jesus of Nazareth, you the Savior, you're the Son of God, you that Jesus, you are the King, and you want me to baptize you? Doesn't make sense. And Jesus goes like, yeah, exactly that, yes, yes. Is you, John the Baptist, created for this moment, you baptize me. Now, if you read the story, let me sum it up. So eventually, John is like, no, I'm not going to do it. Jesus is like, yeah, you're going to do it. And eventually, he baptizes Jesus. Now, here's the thing about baptism. Let me throw it out. You and I, we baptize in this day. And a lot of people think because of the sinful nature that they leave behind. Then why, if Jesus was without sin, why will he be baptized? Have you ever thought this? Have you pondered that moment? Why will the... God that is without sin be baptized if it's about sin. See, there's, there's three things about baptism, and especially in the Jewish culture and law. The first reason why people actually became or got baptized in the day was because they believed it was them almost being cleansed through baptism. So a lot of people show up, oh, I'm sinful, okay, they repent, oh, please, John the Baptist, please baptize me, all right, I want to be without sin. Then they go through the river, come out, and they're like, oh, now I'm clean. They go to the bar, they drink, and they're all merry again. You see, it was more the physical aspect that draw people into the moment because, okay, I'm baptized, click, it's just a checklist. Yes, I went to church this Sunday. Yes, good. I'm baptized. Yes, good. It was more checklist. That was the first reason. So not a lot of people went to the first part of baptism. It was not a heart's decision. They did it so that they could feel better about themselves, but their lives never changed. You see, but then there's a second reason why people in the day got baptized. People who were atheists, never believed in God, or maybe different religious people, heard the sermon, and the Spirit moved in their hearts. And because of the Spirit moving in their hearts, guess what? They turned from the old ways and accepted Christianity. They accepted Jesus, not only through the baptism, but in their hearts, and everything changed. They were now self-proclaimed followers of Christ in the day. So they came to John the Baptist. They're like, something happened. I've got to be baptized. I feel the need. I've got to show the community and all here. I've got to go through the water. And this is the testimony of me changing. So that's the second reason. So let me think. Jesus did not go through the baptism for himself. Neither did he come from a different religious of being, or being an uh, unbeliever. Then Why? Why will Jesus be baptized? 
Now, you and I, we've got the Sunday school answer because God said so. But there's actually a good reason. You see, the third thing about baptism back in the Jewish culture and day was that there was only a certain uh, group of people that were allowed to be baptized. It was the priests, the high priests. Not any priest, the high priest. Now, let me rewind. Once a year, the high priest entered the holies of holies, and there he gave sacrifice for the sin of the whole country. One guy going into the holies of holies, the temple place, and he steps into the gap and he says, Lord, forgive everyone's sins. And if he had sin on himself in that moment, he fell dead, net daar, en hulle uitgetrek met die touw. So that high priest was the only one that was allowed to enter the baptism pool. Now it wasn't the river Jordan. They had specific pools outside the temple created and built for the high priests. That is where you are baptized. But here's the secret. You entered the water not being a high priest, but as you exit the water, you are now a high priest. See, the baptism was the sticker up corp, was the sharp finger. It was the word spoken to declare that you are now good enough to be a high priest. So the normal rabbis or the normal people, the normal students of the day, if you will, entered the moment as normal people, having knowledge, being taught, standing by this baptism pool, Entering, being baptized, and as they exit, it's the community and the schools and the temple place putting a sticker on their back saying, now you are a high priest, well done. It's like getting your degree. It's like your birthday party, now you are one year older. It was a moment of recognition for the people. So only they were worthy of the baptism. Yet here's John the Baptist. He goes against that whole belief system. Baptizing people in the river, not the holy pools outside the temple, just here in nature in the dirty river of Jordan. He's baptizing people. Why? He's created with value and calling to prepare the way for Christ himself that will come as the Savior for all. He's going against it. And here the king himself steps into the moment and he says, John, now you baptize me. Not in the pools for all the high and mighty hypocritical people, but you baptize me in the heart of the Savior. You, you baptize me in the moment of being humble in the river, not to be seen and recognized, but to fulfill the prophecies spoken. So you and I know what happened. They entered the water, and as they entered the water, and in that moment, uh, John the Baptist took Jesus and he baptized him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He came out of the water as the Savior of all mankind. Why? In that moment, he was known as the one true high priest for all mankind. No one ever more worthy to go through baptism. 
And that moment, it didn't stand still and, and just stagnated in history. It was a moment to be reckoned with. It's a moment that should be declared and spoken of. It's a moment where heaven opened up and God the Father from the throne room spoke onto the planet so that each and every ear can hear the declaration of my son is now a high priest is good enough. It's without sin, but he's the Savior who came. See, Jesus was anointed by the Father. The Holy Spirit came down as a dove on his head in the moment. And the Father then spoke, this is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased in Matthew 3, 17. He got his title. He's got his recognition. But publicly, there was a declaration that he's not just Jesus anymore. He's not just Maria's child. He's not Mary's child. He is literally now Jesus, the anointed, holy, high priest, the Son of God. And the Father is pleased with him. You know what the Word teaches after this moment? And Jesus' ministry started as the high priest. Before the moment of baptism, in the presence of John the Baptist, Jesus was just Jesus. Yeah, the prophecy spoken. But it was not declared, it was not spoken out, it was not shouted out. Heaven did not speak into the moment. Guess what? After his baptism, the word teaches, Matthew teaches, many other verses teaches. And Jesus' ministry on earth started. Why? Before he entered the water, he was Jesus, and the prophecies was over him. When he exited the water, God himself in heaven said, this is my son. He's the high priest. And Jesus entered a new phase of his ministry, a new moment on his calling and his life. And he was known as the Savior. So why all this? It's easy. There's many scriptures in the Word of God that says you and I, we created as priests. We are a part of the priesthood on this earth. We are in and through Jesus Christ, priests in His kingdom. Why? Because there's a ministry that should start. There's a moment where you and I should be led by the Spirit and something should shift in our lives because we thought about this. We're like, I cannot keep on living like this. I cannot uh, keep on being like this. I want to change my life. I want to accept Christ. And when you enter that moment where you say, Jesus, just come in, just love, let your mercy just flow, change me. When you've got that desire and you feel Him in your heart and you allow Him to come in, Passion fills your life. And something shifts and change, and everything in your life shifts and change. And then the word says, now that you've made disciples, now that you've preached like John, now that you've been raised as Jesus in the word of God, in that moment, Jesus himself, when in that moment you experience God, there's a next step. Now be baptized. See, there's a moment in the baptism. It's not the water that cleans. But the water shouts out the conviction of your heart. The water shouts out that I've got a calling to be part of the priesthood in this world. I've got to be a tower of light. I've got to be the salt of the earth. I've got to be the voice of God. I've got to be the hand serving. I've got to be the feet walking. That is the declaration of baptism. But it started in the heart and the mind of each and every man and woman. 
But when you feel it, the word says, go, baptize them. Baptize them. Let them become priests in my kingdom. Let the ministry start. So when you exit the baptism pool, when you come up from the water, it's you saying, my old life I laid down. It's like a funeral. I lay it down in the water. All the sin, all the ex-me's, all the yesterday's myself, all the selfishness in myself, the me I lay down and I leave it in the water like a grave. And when I come up, oh, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new calling. It's a new ministry. You are now a priest in the part of the priesthood and it's a ministry that should start in your life. It's no more just sitting back. It's a moment where you're like, Lord, if you want use me use me if it's making coffee if it's serving people in baptism if it's preaching if it's teaching kids use me lord a new ministry in my life and get this sometimes it's giving a lady a hug in the bank queue sometimes it's just smiling to the person next to you by the robot sometimes it's buying food for someone that's in the store It's a new ministry. It's about you, God, in the moment. What do you want? You. Not me, not myself. Before I start a ministry. See, you and I in this day, we're going to baptize Taryn. Experience this whole journey. And it's going to be a privilege, I believe, for a husband to baptize his wife. He's a pastor in the church. But it's a moment that is sweet, not unto us only, but it's a moment that's sweet in the presence of God. Heaven opens up in the spirit, and I, I hear in my heart angels sing and declare, Oh, the kingdoms just grew. The kingdom of God is expanding. Oh, the ministry is starting. And I believe that in the spirit, God speaks promises, and he activates calling in your life when you exit the water funeral, if you will. Because it's a new day, it's a new dawn, and it's all in and through him. I'm going to ask Anthony that you and Taryn move out, prepare yourself as we're going to baptize you guys while you're going to baptize your wife. And then all in this house, you are here in this place to witness the testimony of a heart. You and I, we stand around the baptism pool. We are part of the moment to not just say, oh, wow, that's great. We are in the house for one simple reason. To say, thank you, Jesus, and glorify God. To say, thank you that another heart and soul is following. Thank you that the kingdom of God is expanding. Thank you that another ministry is being activated. Thank you that a priesthood becomes active in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. So what I always do is, after preaching it up like this, maybe you felt led to be baptized and you're not prepared. We are. But there's someone in the house and you feel, listen, dude, I want to be baptized today. It's your moment. It's a moment of celebrating. It's a moment of being a part of God's presence. So if you want to come forward, it's a good thing. If not, next time. But you've got to pray. You've got to pray for it. You've got to work through it. You've got to ask God to lead in it. It's a moment between you and God. But I tell you, it's a good decision. It changes your whole life.